All right. Whew. Let's get started. So I'm going to be a little bit more laid back this episode. I felt like last episode I was came with the punches. But you know what? That's the beauty of creating. Get better every time. Don't know why I did that noise. But anyway, let's get started, man. Uh, episode two. Let's tech about it. And today I want to tech about the new Mustang, the Tesla pickup truck, aka Cybertruck. I want to talk about Google Stadia. Uh, I've had a couple times, a couple um, weeks with it. I did a couple videos on it. You guys can check that out on my YouTube channel as well. Uh, also, I don't know about you, but I've noticed that my phone, my data on my phone has gotten really slow. And I'm using a certain carrier that's the best carrier, quote, unquote. And it's been slow. So I want to talk about why that's possible and what the data out there shows. Last but not least, I want to talk about the later case. Um, if you don't know, and a YouTuber came out with their own case and there's been some controversy on it. I want to discuss that with you guys. Um, it's going to be a short podcast today. Not for any particular reason. It's just because I'm trying to get more concise. I want to respect your time. I also want to get to the point, if that makes sense. So let's talk about it. All right. So start this off, man. Ford came out with a Mustang and it's electric. But it's not what you think. I mean, it's been all over the news. I'm pretty sure you've heard about it by now. So if you guys don't know, I own a Tesla. Um, I've always wanted the EV, electric vehicle. Um, but I really waited until the prices came down. You know, people swear I'm rich, but, you know, I, I got a great deal on it. Um, and it's pretty comparable in, in, in when you compare the other prices for other luxury cars. Also, I came from a pickup truck and I was spending a lot of money on gas because I like to drive. Um, <clears throat> I've, I've had my Tesla since uh, March and I've already put 14,000 miles on it. So that gives you an idea how much I like to drive. So just imagine how much that would have cost in gas. A lot of money. Anyway, Ford's Mustang is all electric. It's not what you think it is in that it's not a coupe. It's not a muscle car. It's actually a crossover. It looks a lot like maybe like a Toyota RAV4 CRV type, Honda CRV type of concept. It's like a, cross, a crossover. Um, the price starts at $43,000, which is very competitive. Uh, Tesla is coming out with the Model Y a little bit later on this year. So that makes sense in the pricing wise it makes sense um but the most of the controversy with this with ford is the naming of the car i mean mustang has always meant like the the muscle car performance car but it's called the mustang mach e some people say it should just be called the mach e or whatever but look it's called the mustang and 
everybody agrees that they kind of needed to call it the Mustang to kind of transition people from the internal combustion engine over to the EV world. And also the fact that I'm talking about it on this podcast proves that the Mustang naming worked. Because if this was called the Ford Edge E or something, Electric Edge, I don't know what they would have called it because that's their other crossover. But if they would have called it anything else, you know, Fiesta E or something, I don't know. I probably wouldn't have been talking about it. I probably would have been like, oh, it's just another electric vehicle. But I personally really like the design. I think it looks great. I think it's going to, um, the rear of it looks amazing. Um, you have, <clears throat> excuse me, the rear of it looks like a Mustang, which I've always liked the Mustang, the rear of it. Um, the front looks like a Mustang. And so it has Mustang de design elements. It's just not a muscle car. If you look at it from the side, it kind of has like the body lines of a Mustang, but it's much more compact and a little bit higher up. So it, it looks like a crossover, but as far as the features go, I mean, you're, you're going to get a lot of options. They got all wheel drive, rear wheel drive. They got a GT version. You know, all of them kind of vary in performance and range. Um, but the best range you can get is about 300 miles. That's pretty good considering um, Ford's charging network is going to be pretty robust. So there's a lot of promise for in the electric vehicle world. I'm not hating on Ford. I think that more electric vehicles, the better. Um, I think that it's the future. I'm very um, happy to see more people have an opportunity to buy a electric vehicle from their favorite brand because I mean, the more the merrier. I mean, I, gas is gross. I mean, I'm just gonna say it. It's gross. I hate the way it smells. Nah, I'm just playing. Nah, I just, gas is just, I mean, the infrastructure, for these gas stations are already there so i don't know how they're gonna you know switch over to the charging stations especially for a lot of these vehicles that are planned to come out in the future different brands are coming out with different evs so if you're looking to buy a car within the next i would say two years i would probably look at your favorite brand and see if they're coming out with an ev because you're going to want one um it's gotten to the point now where the infrastructure for charging is good enough for you to get an EV. Um, I would not buy another internal combustion engine car with the intent to keep it for like, you know, 10 years, 12 years, however long you keep it. If you're the type of person that swaps out cars every now and often, go ahead, you know what I'm saying, get what you want. Um, obviously get what you want, but I would definitely look into an EV if if uh, you're looking at getting a new car in the next, you know, year or two. Um, the Mach-E has some pretty cool features that I'm very envious of being a Tesla owner. I'm not gonna Tesla owner. I'm not gonna front. Like it has a, a cooler in the front. Like I thought that was stupid when I first heard it. Then I was like, ah, oh, I don't use my front for anything but to take my bag out so I can look cool. I mean I, I feel pretty cool when I take my bag out of that that front. I'm not gonna lie. I just I get out the car, open the front, grab my bag, and I look around, see if anybody saw me kind of do a little smolder you know I'm like like that if I don't see nobody my self-esteem is pretty low for the day but if I do oh it's like I just got a fresh haircut you know what I'm saying it's like whoa somebody saw me pull a bag out the front of a car and I bet their mind is just boggled right now I'm being sarcastic but I, I do somehow feel like that though I'm not even gonna lie but uh <laughs> but uh it, it's um 
so the, there's a cooler in the front and also it has wireless carplay in android auto um, if you're not familiar with carplay it's pretty much where you plug up an iphone to your radio and the ui on the radio becomes like an ipad or an iphone you have like icons you can use your apps you know your your podcast apps or your you know spotify and things like that it's a much more pleasant experience um the navigation works well and the same goes for android auto personally i like android auto more than carplay um, android auto is laid out a lot better um to me the multitasking is way more functional uh but in this Ford Mustang, it has a new version of Sync um, that's going to be that's going to debut on um, the Ford Mustang Mach-E, and Sync is their infotainment system, their operating system, and it's going to be compatible with wireless CarPlay and Android Auto. So in the past, I had a uh, Sierra GMC Sierra. I had to always physically plug my phone in in order to use CarPlay. Well, with these new uh, Sync operating system that's going in the new Ford cars, um, especially the Mach-E, it's going to have wireless. So essentially, as soon as your car connects via Bluetooth, and I'm, I'm thinking some sort of peer-to-peer Wi-Fi, I don't know, um, it will mirror the display on your infotainment system for your car, which is pretty handy because that means that you can also place your phone on a wireless charger or plug it up and let it get charged. Um, that was one of my complaints. I love using wireless charging. But I couldn't do it because I couldn't plug into my car to do CarPlay and wireless charge at the same time. So this kind of gives you some options and I like that. So I am envious of that feature of the Mach-E. Um, for the most part, nothing's really different about it. Um, the interior looks very good. Um, I'll post some pictures uh, so you guys can see. I'm on the, the Verge right now um, looking at some of the press shots that they got. And I mean, this car looks beautiful. I mean, I like the body lines, the shape of it. If you get the color matched front end, I think that looks the best. Um, some of these other ones with the chrome front end, I'm not really feeling that, but um, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, charging is gonna be pretty fast. You got DC, um, 120 volt, 240 volts, so you're, you're good to go. Uh, but I mean, that was early November when this was released. Tesla came back with like a week later and announced the Cybertruck. And I mean, look, I'm not going to go into all the details with the Cybertruck, but just know that the base model is like 40K. The top of the line is like 70K. And the top of the line, you can get a tri-motor, 500 mile range. Um, this is It's just a crazy crazy truck but for the most part what kills me about the cyber truck is that we saw renders of it or kind of saw renders of it and we weren't really sure if that was real and then it came out and i think that the design of this truck is so crazy to me um franz franz von uh, holfhausen holzhausen can't say his last name and with the accent right but the designer of tesla the the, the lead designer um, you know, the Model S, the Model 3, the Model Y, the Roadster. Um, the cars look futuristic, but not like, but in a contemporary way. I don't know how to really, that, that doesn't make sense. But what I'm saying is that it's like a tasteful, futuristic take on 
an internal combustion car. It doesn't really stand out too much. When you see the future, you see the, mu the movies and you see all these vehicles, you kind of have an idea of what futuristic cars should look like. And whenever we see concepts, we're always like, ew, that looks ugly and da 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 da. And it always ends up coming out a lot, a lot different. And that's really because the design language and the reception of the public is that you kind of want cars to kind of blend in. You don't want nothing too ostentatious. You don't want nothing to black. This truck says, forget all that, man. This truck looks crazy. Um, the cool thing about the truck to me is that uh, actually MKBHD actually brought this up and I thought it was amazing is um, if you look at the way the truck is shaped from the side, which I'll throw a picture up for you. So if you look at the, the way the truck is shaped and it has like that diamond in the, in the on the roof line, that little triangle, it's like they took what didn't work about the truck cabin and made it better in a way. However, there are some other concessions because there are certain things about the way the truck is designed that doesn't really make it very user friendly. Um, the tailgate, you're not able to see out the back without lifting the the, uh, the door that goes over the tailgate. Um, accessing the tailgate from the side is gonna be a little awkward. Um, it looks like a Lego, you know? So it, it's, it's, it's a very futuristic design that to me is a nice, ref it's, it's refreshing in the truck segment because um, even my dad has, has mentioned that the truck market has mostly stayed the same um, since the beginning of time. It's always been the cabin, the bed, and then over time the cabin got bigger and you got like the, the extended cab and crew cab and you know Dodge recently came out with the Dodge Rams where they had like storage in the side of the bed and then now they came out with a door that kind of opens like a you know like a French door I guess you could say uh, split door um, GMC came out with new compartments in the door in the uh, tailgate where you know you could you know flip it down and make a step stool and you know there's been little little incremental improvements in the truck space but for the most part there really hasn't been anything radical um i think that the fact that this truck is appealing to people who don't care about trucks is a really good hint at the success that we're that it's going to have um i don't know it's it's franz franz the designer has uh showing out with this one like i really thought this was fake like I, I i can't believe i can't wait till i see this on the road um it's gonna it's gonna stand out now 40k honestly it's gonna be pretty competitive competitive i mean the fact that you don't this is a truck man like that, that is like the most gas guzzling vehicle you can get besides like a large suv and somebody even drew a render of this truck with a raised back that kind of mimicked like a suburban so you make this into a suburban like this is going to be the fleet vehicle for celebrities and politicians it's easy it's easy uh cops you know law enforcement um it's going to be pretty popular out there um because of the fact that it doesn't take gas i think that that alone right there people people will get over the design uh, we'll start to see enough of them on the road where it doesn't really matter anymore. And uh, it's 
the future is here guys i mean i literally got google stadia what two weeks ago i got it on my birthday uh november 19th shout out to the scorpios um and i remember sega channel like i remember years ago it was sega channel man where you used to just you know connect you pay a service fee and you would connect and you would get all these games and it would connect over the the cable line and you'd be able to just play them to your heart's content and so now we have google stadia i mean i have a pretty good internet connection um and i'm able to play destiny um and samurai showdown remotely on another server and the experience if i had to give it a rating i'm gonna be completely honest it's probably like a six out of ten right now and it's really honestly still a beta like google is really good at i don't know what their aim is with google stadia but it's definitely a beta um if you want to try it out i don't think you would be upset with the experience as far as using it as your primary gaming device but i feel like the experience itself just feels very unpolished um if you check my YouTube, I'll link it up here, um, right here. Uh, there will be a video to the setup process that I went through, which was a nightmare. And then some of the gameplay that I did with Destiny 2, which was for the most part decent. Um, I, was, I played competitive, uh, which is Crucible, and it, it performed pretty good. It wasn't as responsive. The hit detection wasn't that great. However, it definitely felt like the future. It felt like something that I could take over a friend's house or go somewhere and their internet connection doesn't have to be that great, but the upload, I think, I think the recommended speed is like 30 down, five up or something like that. But Stadia is going to get better. That's just Google's, the way they do things. However, I'm more curious about just the product itself. Like how does it work? What's the purpose? What, what are the features? Um, it has like a friends list. You can do voice chat. It has pretty much everything a normal console has. It just doesn't have the latency uh, stability that a physical console right in front of you would have. It doesn't feel as tight, um, especially when it comes to uh, fighting games like Samurai Showdown or even a competitive game when you're playing online with like Destiny. Um, I think the fact that Apex Legends, Fortnite, um, and some of these other large games are not on Stadia is proof that, to me, that Google is really using this as like a load management test, trying to, it's really a beta, you know, try to figure out how everything is and it's gonna get better. The thing is, is the internet isn't that great in my area and in order for this to really take off Google Stadia, like, rural areas are going to have to get better internet and I, I don't know if this has something to do with the reason why um there's a huge push for 5g networks and there's this whole race to 5g is as I, I think the whole race to 5g has to do with the fact that there's a lot of areas that aren't going to get they're off the grid that aren't going to get fiber internet because it's too expensive to lay out and 5g internet is the solution and if you can get 5G internet to the masses, you can sell them more products, you can do more, you know, you can, internet, gaming, you know, uh, streaming services, which is where everything's going to. Um, I think that that's 
when Google Stadia will shine, um, especially when it comes to uh, the latency issues. Um, but as I brought up at the beginning of this of this call, is this uh, this podcast is you know the mobile quality of the U.S. the mobile service quality of the U.S. is actually um, gotten pretty bad. Um, Open Signal. I don't know if you guys heard of them. They have an app actually um, that I used to use um, to like run tests. Um, them and I think Root Metrics were out back then. But Open Signal did a survey, and what they did is they surveyed um, several millions of devices i want to say like 37 million devices in like 100 countries and they measured the average video performance that a user would get using uh, netflix amazon hulu things like that and the u.s ranked 68th out of 100 that is terrible like that is not good for a country like ours that you know is the best and uh consume so much media um it's, it's crazy because i would say most people especially like the generation z um i believe that's the generation i don't know anymore i just whatever millennials millennials and younger we're consuming a lot of dev- uh, a lot of media on our phones um i mean just today on um, my lunch break, I was trying to watch a video on uh, Lou from Unbox Therapy, his uh, podcast, responding to some of the, the issues with his la- uh, later case that I'll talk about in a minute. Um, he, uh, the, the, the quality of that video was not good. It was like 480p. And I mean, I did a speed test and I had a great you know, I had great signal, but that to me is like proof that the 4G is is so um, it's so saturated right now and so full. The bandwidth is just so limited that we have. Remember, we had we had unlimited internet when we had 3G, right? Then they took it away. Then they brought it back, but they brought it back like in a tiered way, where. You know, you, you, you couldn't watch certain videos on certain resolution or you got throttled after you used so, so much or something. It was some caveat. It was never truly unlimited like it used to be. 3G unlimited. I used to use like 60 gigs a month, you know, no issues. Everything was good. Then when 4G came out, they started figuring out ways to they wanted us to consume as much as we could as far as media goes so we could sign up for Hulu, Netflix and all these things so they wanted us to have access to these services so that we can consume and use these services but they wanted to somehow manage it in a way to try to give everybody on that that network a equal experience because i remember they had issues where people were trying to hold on to their old data plans and they pretty much forced uh people to buy full price for their phones unless they wanted to switch to a new data plan and people held out and then soon they started adding like a upcharge to those people like they did everything they could to get people off of that free unlimited plan like they when i say they i'm talking about the major carriers because you know verizon at&t and i want to say even t-mobile did it too but t-mobile was really the first people to bring it back and try to bring unlimited back and you know 
you know, I th they did a great job kind of disrupting the industry in that sense. Uh, kudos to them and shout out to them. And uh, but anyway, the mobile Internet game cannot have 5G soon enough. I mean, we need it now. Like it's it's gotten pretty bad. Um, but last but not least, man, hard transition. I wanted to end the podcast. I wanted to talk about the uh, later case and give you guys some background. So uh, before I do that, let me give you some background real quick. Um, so Lou uh, from Unbox Therapy, he's a big YouTuber. Uh, he has mm, like 15 million subscribers. He's pretty big. And um, he announced over the weekend that he was coming out with his own case. And I'm not gonna lie, as soon as I saw the video, I watched it, I was like, okay, I need to get this case. And I got it for two reasons. One, it's $45. So I wanted to review the case. It's a YouTuber that made a case. I mean, that alone is an accomplishment. Um, I did not pay too much attention to anything else other than the fact that it's a YouTuber who made a case. I wanna review it for the channel. Also, I'm personally someone who doesn't necessarily like cases. Um, I would like to have a, a phone with just a skin, um, but I always, there's always some thing I don't like about a case. So I'm wondering if this is a case that I would like. Like, is, is this a, a case that I will stay on my phone for the duration of my owning, owning it? I don't know. Also, wanted to review it for you guys um on on my youtube as well um but the second reason i know i had a lot of all souls in that first but um the second reason why i got it is because you know i've been doing youtube for a long time um just started this podcast stuff but lou has been doing youtube i don't know seven six seven years maybe eight years probably even 10 years i don't know uh, but the thing about Lou is I've been enjoying his content for well over five years. So spending $45 to support him when I really don't do anything else. I don't pay him any other money. Um, there's not many other YouTubers that I buy merch from. Like I don't buy, you know, t-shirts or hats or anything from any other YouTuber. Um, but I do like to support people that I believe in, you know, um, but here's where it took a kind of a twist. So I wake up this morning actually, and I go on Twitter and I see several tweets from people that I follow and are somewhat in like the community that I follow. And I started seeing some news about uh, the case and the case being <laughs> pun intended that uh, that case one was overpriced uh, two it was um, what's, what's the case that they say it Pat Pataki Pataka. I'm sorry, I had to look that up. 
So two things, not two things. There's a couple things that happened today about, about this case. So there were accusations towards Lou that he ripped off another company called Pataka. And there was other accusations that he just went on Alibaba or AliExpress and purchased a bunch of these cases in bulk and then threw them in a box and then tried to sell them for $45 a piece. Um, there was a lot of accusations about the way he marketed his video, how he said he made the case and blah, 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 blah. When one of the two previous scenarios were, was possible that he either ordered a bulk of those cases from China and then just tried to sell them or stole the idea from Pataka. Um, they even went to the people making these accusation, accusations, they even went to the length of like playing his old review of the Pataka case and how he described that case and what he liked about it and how he kind of said the same thing again when he talked about um, the new case that he just came out with, the later case. Uh, what I want to say about all that stuff is that there's a YouTuber that it's out here doing something you know they're creating a case whatever and they're selling it to their audience and as someone who is a fan i'm gonna be honest i'm a fan of of what he does and and, and some of the things he does i'm not everything he does cause some of his videos are not my my uh i don't really care for him um but i see it as a business like we are a business and if your business is to commentate on other people's businesses and you try to pass off authenticity as being negative or negative negativity as being authentic or however you want to say it like that's not a way a business operates um if somebody if somebody is running their business in a in a you know malicious way that's none of your business. Like that has nothing to do with your business. If you're trying to lump yourself, if I've tried to lump myself, I see a, another YouTuber that goes out and they are reviewing cases all the time and they just review every case that they get to them and they take those cases for free and they don't take any money and da, 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 da. And I find out about that. What does that have? That doesn't have anything to do with me. That's, that's the way they're running their business. You know, you know, we're we are creators out here trying to run a business. And so, you know, you could probably argue that whatever somebody else feels about another business is none of my business. Yeah, but it's I can have an opinion. It's my podcast. So I'm going to, you know, speak my mind when I when I need to. But for the most part, I see a lot of negativity out there and sometimes it's warranted. Sometimes it is, but for the most part, you cannot build your platform on negativity because those same fans that rock with you when you're negative are going to be the same fans that don't rock with you when you're positive about a product because they're going to, they're going to, they're going to take it as you being fake and you got to have balance. Like being real is just being real. You know, it's being real 100% of the time. It's being authentic. It's being yourself. It's not 
saying things to get a grab of, of views or to get somebody's attention or to get a shout out from a larger YouTuber or for them to know your name. Yeah. If you try to call somebody else out on somebody else, on, on something that they did wrong, you know, you, you know, people from afar can't tell the difference, you know, when, when they see two people arguing or, or getting all hot and bothered about a certain situation, if somebody from the outside looking in, I mean, it just doesn't look professional. And if we're a business, we can't be out here uh, behaving that way because, you know, this guy came out with a case. The jury's still out. The court of public opinion is still out. Um, personally, I got the case because I wanted to try it out. And I wanted to review it for you guys because one, it's overpriced. $45 is a lot of money um, for any case, especially a case that's meant to just be slapped on the back and kind of worn as a skin. Um, but at the same time, Pataka cases, I'm looking at them right now. They're being sold for the same price, roughly the same price. Um, and they have a thousand ratings on Amazon right now. I'm looking at four star ratings. So somebody's buying these cases, somebody finds them valuable, whether it's the style or whatever. I mean, it works. And just think about it, though. So this dude came out with a video kind of answering some of the questions and concerns. Honestly, I didn't think he, he did that great of a job doing it. I felt like it was he looked a little frustrated. He looked a little annoyed that he had to do it. Um. But he also went into some detail about something that I think is very important. At the very end, he mentioned that he tried to work with some case manufacturers to get a case made and they didn't want to do it. And some of those people who were doing their investigation, they noticed that Unbox Therapy actually removed um, their uh, Pataka reviews because remember he actually review, reviewed the case before um, apparently somebody from Unbox Therapy somebody on Lou's team they went back and removed those videos from the channel um, I don't know I have a I have a theory but I'm gonna let it play out because when it all plays out I don't really care if I'm right or wrong I just don't but I have a theory on what happened um, the own, the CEO of Pataka was on Twitter, you know, complaining about the case being familiar and blah, 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 blah. And for everybody that retweeted the CEO, you just made that CEO more money because there was a lot of people who were so angry at, at Lou for making a $45 case. They probably went out there and bought that Pataka case on Amazon just because they haven't had exposure to that type of case before. And they thought it was worth it. And they paid, they paid Pataka instead. So um oh well a youtuber with 15 million subscribers can probably sell more cases than pataka and that's obviously why he was tweeting to get some exposure to his brand in light of the similarity with lou's case the later case so that's been today's episode i just want to end it there if you guys have any comments questions drop them down below um i definitely want to dialogue with you guys 
Um, let me know how you like this format. If you want to see this in a live fashion, if you want me to be live, you want me to get a guest, if you want me to talk about different things, let me know down in the comments. Hit that like button, subscribe. And I want to let you guys know, too, that I didn't do a podcast last week because of Thanksgiving. And also I was filming a podcast for next week. So I had some friend. I had a friend in town. His name is Marcus, and we are going to talk on the next episode of Let's Tech About It, and we're going to cover uh, a couple things. But we're going to cover a lot of the past. A lot of you guys don't know me as a person. You probably don't get to know me as a person with this this next podcast. Uh, um, me and Marcus go way back. You know, we go back to the days of like 2010, 2011 of me really starting to do all of this creative stuff, blogging and. CES and all that stuff. So it's going to be a great show. I'm excited to actually put that out there. Um, that episode will be audio only. So if you are not subscribed to me on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anything, definitely go and do that and leave a review. If you've liked what I'm putting out here, I need some feedback from you guys. I'm, I, my audience is growing. Um, so I know I'm not talking to myself. So I appreciate everybody who is listening and who's sharing because I do see it getting shared and I, I stare at the analytics too much, man. I, need, I stare at them way too much. But thank you guys for watching. I'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.